Welcome back, folks, to the Mark Steiner Show. Good to have you with us here on your source for cool jazz and more, WEAA, 88.9 FM, the voice of the community. And we are continuing our weekly conversations between now and the NAPLA Summit on January 11th at the opening of the session, where we meet every year with the governor, the Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate, uh, and wrestle with issues that are facing the state during the Maryland General Assembly. And each week we bring you a different uh, topic we talk about. This week, the, our print partners, The Daily Record, uh, and the Mark Steiner Show here are bringing you conversations about every issue this week is about the bail reform. And one of the men who has spurred a new conversation about bail reform in this in the state, though the conversation has been debated for many, many, many years now, uh, is our Attorney General of Maryland, Brian Frosch, who joins us now here on the Mark Steiner Show on our march to the Annapolis Summit. And Brian, welcome. Good to have you with us. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. So uh, talk a bit about what, what spurred you on to throw out your ideas and push this agenda item around bail reform and what exactly you're suggesting the state needs to do. Well, Mark, the first thing that we need to understand is what we're doing is probably unconstitutional. It's an issue that's never been addressed by our Court of Appeals. But what happens is we're keeping people in jail because they're poor. And by that, I mean somebody gets charged with, let's say, a minor offense, trespassing, shoplifting, something like that. And oftentimes a judge will set bail for that person in a relatively low amount, $1,000, $2,500, $5,000. It only takes 10% of that to pay a bail bondsman to, to get you out. But a lot of folks don't have that money. So if if you have a $1,000 bail and you, you can't come up with 100 bucks, you sit in jail until trial. And that means that people who are innocent, because before they're convicted, everybody is innocent. Uh, it, it means we have innocent people sitting in jail. Uh, it's a violation of their constitutional rights. And, you know, it's, it's a waste for society and for the individuals, for the individuals, it means they lose their jobs, they lose their homes, they lose their families. And for society, it means we're paying 100 to 150 bucks a night to put them up. So it's a lose-lose-lose. So what are you proposing, the General Assembly do? So um, we're not proposing that the General Assembly do anything at this point. Um, the judiciary is considering a rule change, and they are uh, looking at a rule that I, I think makes clear that uh, what, what is both right and, and constitutional, that a judge should consider money bail as a last resort. If you've got a person who is a danger to society, lock them up. you got a person who is not going to show up for trial, lock them up. But for people who are not a threat and for people who are likely to show up for trial, then either release them on their own recognizance or set non-monetary conditions. Make them take a drug test once a week. Uh, make them uh, report to a parole probation officer every once in a while before trial. Uh, make them wear a GPS device if we're worried about them. Uh, and those are those are conditions that save the state money and and 
are more respectful of the, the rights and problems of the people who are in our uh, justice system. And, you know, other jurisdictions that handle pretrial uh, justice in, in that fashion save money and, and have the same offense rates or better or lower offense rates uh, between arrest and trial and, and better failure to appear rates uh, when trial rolls, rolls around. So, you know, I wonder, this rule, I'm yeah, sorry, go, sorry, I'm sorry, Brian, go ahead. So if the rule the judiciary is considering is implemented, it, it presents a great opportunity for, uh, for every jurisdiction in the state. A political question here, a couple of them, because um, you remember the Senate for a long time. Um, yep. Uh, so if if the judiciary goes along with this and, and, and rules on something in this regard, how does that affect the political battle in the General Assembly in this coming session and to over bail reform? Well, you know, it'll it'll be the same battle it always is. I, I tried it a couple of times, and, and we were unable to make progress, unable to make changes. And I, I can't predict with certainty what would happen this time, but it's very difficult to, to make progress in this area. So it, it might be the General Assembly does nothing. Well, I mean, would, it wouldn't, would that, would, would a court decision render the discussion in the General Assembly moot and unimportant? No. Um, in, in fact, I mean, there is much that the General Assembly could do that would be very important and that would continue to improve the pretrial justice system in Maryland. So, for example, um, they could uh, direct each local jurisdiction, because they're the ones that, are, that, hold, that have the jails and that hold people before trial, they could direct each one of them to create a pretrial system that uses evidence-based, science-based uh, analyses of whether the person is likely to offend or not. And these kind of uh, risk assessment tools are in effect in other jurisdictions and work extremely well. Um, and so, you know, our, our General Assembly could set up that kind of county-based system, and uh, the state could could help the counties with the money if they wanted to. Uh, or they could certainly create incentives uh, for it in, in one way or another. And, uh, and that would be a, a great way of making progress. So if the judiciary rules in the way that you think they ought to rule and what you wrote, that, well, that would not be the necessarily the death knell for the bail bonds industry, but it would certainly curtail their work because you wouldn't need bails as much. Is that what I, bad, I think that's, right? that's exactly right. So, that's, so what would that mean? So, so how would that system work? I mean, right now, you know, you have people already complaining a, a lot around the state uh, and in Baltimore City and other places um, that people are getting off when they shouldn't yeah. get off. That uh, and they come up with stories, individual stories about somebody who gets off and commits another crime and hurts somebody. Um, and so, people are fearful of this. You know, I mean, there's and there's right. a lot of fear mongering around it. Well, there there is, but. This change wouldn't uh, affect that uh, that calculus. It wouldn't affect that uh, uh, that fear. Perhaps it 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 would create an opportunity for us to to make better decisions, but it wouldn't force us to make those better decisions. So the, let me put it this way: 
when we ha- when the judges are using money bail as a determinant of whether people uh, get out or not, um, they they are not doing it based on evidence. They're not doing it based on on science. They're doing it ba- based on limited information and their best gut uh, reckoning, and it doesn't work out that well. Um, or it doesn't work out as well as it does in jurisdictions where they use these evidence-based tools. In, in the rule that the judiciary is considering, uh, they, the, the judges, if they, if they make the same determination that they do now that the person is dangerous and shouldn't be let out, instead of saying bail is going to be $500,000 for you, they'll just say, I'm not setting bail. Sit, you know, sit and wait until trial. If they think a person is not a risk, they won't set bail at $2,500, forcing the person to pay $250 to get out and to sit in jail if they don't have $250. Um, so, you know, it, we won't be we won't be changing the the mix all all by itself uh, of, of the folks who are in or out of of jail. We'll just be doing it without using money bail most of the time. We can dramatically improve outcomes if we use these evidence-based risk assessment tools. And in, in those situations, I mean, and, and it's been shown over and over again, in those situations, you can improve the failure to appear rates and you can improve the offense rates when people are, are out on bail. Make no mistake, judges are going to make mistakes, you know, no matter what system we use, they're going to make the wrong call now and then. There are just too many people who are committing crimes and, and, and too many people that, uh, that they have to make these decisions about. Some good will be locked up, some bad people will be let out, but they can do it better if we're, if we're basing our decisions on science. Brian Frosch, I appreciate the time you're taking with listeners today. I really do. Mark, it's a pleasure. We're taking a very short break and coming right back. We'll be with Doug Colbert, professor of law at the University of Maryland Carey School of Law, and Mark Adams, who's a bail bondsman and heads the Maryland Bail Agents Association. Here on the Mark Steiner Show, to debate and discuss bail reform as part of our lead-up to the Annapolis Summit. Stay with us. And speaking of the Annapolis Summit, before we go to break, I want you to join me to continue this discussion on Wednesday, January the 11th, for the 14th Annual Annapolis Summit at the Governor Calvert House in Annapolis. It's your chance to hear and have your questions heard when we talk with Governor Larry Hogan, Senate President Mike Miller, and House Speaker Michael Bush. Event details and information about sponsorships are at thedailyrecord.com slash annapolis-summit. For tickets, call Haley Poli at 443-524-8161. That's 443-524-8161. Or email hpoling, H-P-O-L-I-N-G, at thedailyrecord.com. Annapolis Summit is sponsored by The Daily Record, Mark Steiner Show, Stevenson University, Hopkins Center for a Livable Future, Maryland State Education Association, Alexander and Cleaver, VPC, and WEAA.